Grab your Bibles with me. Uh, we are one week before Christmas. And before I go into the Word, um, let me just say, and you're going to see this afterwards as well, we are having Christmas Day service, so it's only going to be 65 minutes. So invite your friends, invite the world to come. Let's fill this place up as we kind of just celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? So God could move and be God in our midst. So I am excited about God. I'm excited about what He's doing. I'm excited, more importantly, about who He's been in my life. And I trust that God has been something phenomenal to you. Amen? I trust that. Let me read this passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll walk through it a little bit. So go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I am going to read from verse 26 all the way to the end, and then we'll just walk through it to hear what God is saying and to see what God is doing in our life. If you're in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, let me hear you say amen. 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 Come on, say amen again if you're there. Amen. amen. Good. Let me read. In the sixth month of the angel, uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at his saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name, shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Man, that's a shout right there. Therefore, he says, that child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is in her old age and has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. And I like this verse. For nothing will be impossible with God. Come on, somebody say that. Say nothing will be impossible with God. Amen. I, like, I just like the way that reads. And, and we're going to hit that in a little while. And then verse 38 says, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. There's a word of obedience there. And the angel departed from her. Let us pray. Lord, you're wonderful. God, you are gracious, merciful, kind. We thank you for who you are as we open scriptures, Lord, to walk through this passage that's in front of us. Just as a prelude to our Christmas worship experience, help us to understand who you are, what you're doing in us, the importance of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lord. We worship you this morning in the fullness of your glory, in the wonderful uh, excellence of who you are. Now open our hearts to receive, to hear, to be in tune, to be all that you would have us to be. It is in your name we pray and thank you. Amen. Amen. Now, before I go into the Word, just by way of introduction, I need you all to say this with me. Point to yourself and say, self, I will release the favor of God. Come on, say it again. Self, I will release the favor of God. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
You might not have known this, but you're highly favored by God. Yeah, come on, tell the other neighbor that. Say, other neighbor, you might not have known this, but you are highly favored by God. Amen. I want to I wanna just, just tackle that just for a few moments this morning as we kind of interact with the text, and, and we're going to pick this up on next week. Uh, I'm learning more and more that as I walk through Scripture that, that Christianity on a whole will grab a hold of a concept, and we will take that thing and, and, and so spiritualize it that we start using it out of the context for which God intended for it to be. For example, this word favor. Here, here is what we do every time we testimony service comes up, right? And if God gave you, let's say, a new job or, or, or a raise or, or something phenomenal happened in your life, here's what you come to church and say, praise the Lord, saints, um, and depending on if you're Pentecostal or not, like, saved, sanctified, sealed with the Holy Ghost and that with fire and the gift of tongues, you know, whatever it takes. But then here's, here we go. here's, here's where we go. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Right? And then we attribute the favor of God to the thing that we just experience or moment. Now, here's for the rest of us. We, we walk around acting as if I'm for my favor or, let me, let me get spiritual, season of favor to come. Come on, y'all. And, and the result is when you look in the church or when you look in Christianity, it's as if within the house of God, you've got favored folk and unfavored folk, right? And then those of us that don't feel we're favored, we don't testify because we have nothing to attribute to what we would label the favor of God, okay? I want us to look at this text today, and I want to I wanna re- interact with this, this passage a little bit because I think, I'm going to say this now and then and say it again, that I, I think all of us in this era, um, depending on whether you are dispensationalist or not, in this era, I really believe that all of us in here are highly favored by God. Are you with me? I mean, I walk in the favor of God, and I'm, tr- I'm trusting that you too would walk in the favor of God. So I want us to look at this text and just interact with this and just to kind of hear what, what the author is saying to us, and we can look at this example of Mary as she encountered the angel of God and the angel uttered, uttered these words to her, how it manifested and lived itself in her life so we can be who God would have us to be. So look with me at the text. Let's read, and then I'm going to share four things I want to share with you, and then we'll be out of here where we won't be before you long at all. If you're in verse 26, say amen again. Now look at, look at literary context, and I'll talk about this. It says here, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, when you see six months there in in chapter 1, verse 26, preceding that, you all should have known that um, uh, Elizabeth, uh, Jesus' cousin, or um, Jesus's, Mary's cousin, thank you, um, had already had a visitation from the Lord, and she too found herself impregnated. I want y'all to know that, okay? So six months from the time that this same angel Gabriel had came down and released a word over Elizabeth's life, six months later, the same angel comes down. Now, don't miss the phrase that the angel didn't come 
of its own bidding, he was sent by God to visit Mary. Come on, y'all. Say amen. That's very, very important. Very, very important that the angel was sent from God to a city, to a specific place, a city in Galilee named Nazareth. And then verse 27 says, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And then it gives you the virgin's name. Her name, the text says, was Mary. Some very, very important information that the author is trying to get us to understand. So here, here's what you need to know about what the text says. Mary, that at verse 27 says, was number one, the text says she was a virgin. The, the Greek word is the word parthenon, which literally means she had never had any sexual encounter or relationship with a male. Amen? That, that's what the text referred to. The, the, the word that's used to define her as sexually pure and morally pure and innocent, and she had never had any such encounter. And then it says she was betrothed. Not only was she a virgin, but she was betrothed to a man. Here's what you need to know about that. In other words, the word betrothed, what that word means is that Joseph, at the time of this visitation, had went to Mary's daddy. And he said to Mary's daddy, I love your daughter, and I want to marry your daughter. And the father had already given Joseph consent to marry Mary because the bridal price was already paid, hence the word betrothed. They were engaged, okay? Now, engagement in that day and age is a lot different than engagement in this day and age. Today, you get engaged, and he gives you the ring, and you break up. And as opposed to giving him the ring back, I just lost it. You know? <laughs> but, but what betrothal meant in that day and age, it was almost in the literal sense as if the marital ceremony has already taken place, but there was a waiting period of some author says approximately a year where Joseph lived in his house, And Mary lived in, yeah, so anti-culture today, isn't it? Come on, y'all. I mean, today's day and age, we want to try it out before we buy it. Come on. We want to go for a ride to make sure the test drive, that it runs smooth. Come on. Because here's what we said, how am I supposed to know if it's going to be good or not if I don't check it? Come on, y'all. But, but Joseph went to his house. Mary went to her house. And they were awaiting the, 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 the period of waiting to be over before the consummation of the marriage was about to take place. He had permission from her daddy. He paid the price for the bride. And it was as if they were already married, but they were separate. And it is in between this time that God jacks up Mary's life. Oh, man. Isn't it, y'all, y'all, isn't it in the waiting that God will come and mess with you? I wish I had somebody, I wish I had somebody in here. So, so he came and it says the virgin's name was Mary. And what else you need to know about the text right now is Mary was probably a, a young girl, no doubt anywhere between the ranges of 13 to 15 years of age at this time, pure, innocent, just living life, happy-go-lucky, and then God shows up. Now look at verse 28. Verse 28 picks up and it says, and he, being Gabriel, came to her and said, Greetings, 
O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I want to share four things with you. If they can put the first one on the screen. I, I need to take a moment just to wrestle with this so you can all understand what I'm about to say here. Number one, I need every person before you leave here today or even after you leave here or as you go about your Christmas season, it's important to me that every person in here understand the truth that if you've accepted Christ in your life as Lord and Savior, you are highly favored by God. Come on, I need at least two amens. Come on, I know, I know, I know it's cold and I know it ain't a whole lot of folk in here, but I need somebody to realize, number one, that you are highly favored by God. Come on, say amen again. And I, I just want to belabor this point and I want to wrestle with this because I don't want any person in here to leave here or to live the remainder of your Christian life not knowing the truth that you are favored by God. Are you with me? Now notice how I qualified it. If you have accepted Christ in your life as personal Lord and Savior, you are favored by God. Are you with me? Go to the next slide. Let me, let me flesh this out so you guys can track with me. And here's what I want you all to understand. I want, I want to look carefully at this word favor to understand what it really means in the literal sense. And time permitting, I want to go to a particular passage of Scripture and read it. Now, here's what favor means in the Greek. The word means to graciously give, to freely give. In Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to go there in a little while, highly favored. To cause to be the recipient of a benefit, to bestow favor on, or to be highly blessed. English definition kind of says it this way. Favor is a grace gift that God deposits within or on you, lock into this, to empower or equip you to fulfill your specific purpose and destiny in life. Okay? Watch the rest of this. It could be a specific calling or choosing by God to something unique in the earth realm. Notice the definition said nothing about favor being receiving stuff. <laughs> Are you tracking with me? Very, very important that you not miss this. It's a grace gift. And, and here's the thing I want you to understand. It's, it's, it's favor that, that someone actually gives you freely, okay, and, and it causes you and it causes me to be the benefactor of the gift that it was given. Look at the definition again. It is something that was given to me uh, or deposited. Listen to how I'm going to say this. It was deposited where? In me. Come on. It was deposited in me. It's deposited in you for a specific purpose and destiny in life. It could be a calling. It could be a choosing by God or it could be something unique in the earth realm. Go over to Ephesians chapter 1. Let me show you all this real quick. I just need to go here really, really quick. And I want you all to read this with me, and then we're going to come back. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, and let me see where I want to read from. And I need you all to see this with me so we could um, look into this. So now the reason I'm having you go to Ephesians chapter 1, there is only two places in the New Testament that the Greek word charitou 
um, is, is used for favor. One is in Luke chapter 1 that we're seeing. And the second place in the Bible is in Luke chapter, chapter 1. I mean, Ephesians chapter 1 around verse 6. And I want you all to see this so we can see what is going on here. If you're in Ephesians chapter 1, say amen. Okay. Notice this. Verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, where? In Christ, with, my translation says, with every spiritual blessing, where? Oh, I wish somebody, I wish that, that had landed in somebody's spirit. Here's what it's saying. Blessed be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Let me tell you what that means and I'm going to read. Whatever I need to do what God wants done in the earth realm, he's got it in the storehouse of heaven waiting on me. He's already blessed me with it. Come on, are you hearing me? Now let me keep going. Even as he chose us in him, look into this, before the foundation of the world, that we should be, what's the word? Holy and what? Blameless where? Before him. Let me put a parenthetic right there. You can't be saved and live life any old way and expect to access the stuff that's stored in heaven. I need two witnesses to say amen. There ought to be a life change somewhere. Are you with me? Okay. Now look this. It says here, um, in him... In love, it says, he predestined us for, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his what? Will. Look at verse 6. To the praise of his glorious, and here is the word again, highly favor or his favor or grace which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now, if you don't get nothing else, what Ephesians Chapter 1, verses 3 to 6 is trying to tell you is that by virtue of the fact that you've accepted Christ in your life as Lord and Savior, you are already favored by God. Okay? Whatever you need to do, whatever God wants done through you, he's already got it stored up for you. I need two witnesses in here that realize that. We're going to flesh this out. We're going to flesh this out. Just, just, just trust me on this. Say, I am favored by God. One more time, say, I am favored by God. Now go back to Luke. Go back to Luke. Let's, let's go back to Luke and let's walk this out. I need you all to see this really quick and then we're going to move on that God will just move and have his, his way. Um, Luke chapter 1 and jump down to, let's go here, 28. And he came to her and notice what he says. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Let me put that in the context of Ephesians 6. God created, Ephesians 1, God created Mary to do a specific purpose. Are you hearing me? When his time was right, listen to what he does. He comes down, or well, better stated, he releases Gabriel to come down to Mary. And here is what the, Gabriel says to Mary. Mary, hear how I'm saying this. You are already favored. Next slide. Y'all looking at me funny. Here, here's a couple of grammar I want y'all to understand. This, this, this word favor is written in what's called a passive voice. I just need to do this for a little while and the perfect tense. Here's what the passive says. You didn't do nothing to earn it. Let me put it with Mary. 
Hey, Mary, this ain't got nothing to do with you. Let the record reflect, okay? And, and the fact that it's divine, the passive voice, and the subject is silent, it's saying it is the divine, this is the divine passive. Hey, Mary, let the record reflect. I'm here not because you called me. Oh, y'all missed this. Sent from heaven. In spite of you, God released me to announce to you the fact that God has already favored you. Okay? So the passive voice says that in spite of me, because I'm a son or a child of God, God favors me. Well, I need, y'all look to me like, what planet is he on? Somebody say amen. Okay? Now, now lock into this. The perfect tense. The perfect tense says this. Favor is not something that's seasonal in your life. Here's what the perfect says. It happened in the past, and it has ongoing results in the present. Here's the beauty of the perfect tense. It, it started when God thought about it, and it never ends. Oh, we're going to get this. This is why Jeremiah can say this. Before I formed you in the womb, I what? Yeah! So, so, so here's what new. I favored you. I wish I had somebody in here before I formed you. So when the timing is right, I'm going to come down and I'm going to announce your purpose. I'm going to announce your destiny. I'm going to announce exactly why I created you because passively you had nothing to do with your calling, your anointing, your gifting. I gave that to you. And, and, and in the perfect tense, listen, it didn't just show up because timing is now. It's already been in you. Are you hearing me this morning? Now, now, hail Mary, you are highly favored. Now, let's look at the rest of this. Let's walk this out. Verse, verse 29. Well, put the next slide before. I want you all to resonate with that. So I put the next one on the screen. Since you're highly favored, since you didn't do nothing to get it, since it's not something that's going to come and go, this is important. Don't allow your circumstance to dictate the reality of God's favor in your life. This is going to encourage somebody because it encouraged me. Okay, let's read. Let's read. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this may be. This is important. I'm going to read it two or three times, and maybe it will land on somebody in a little while. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting this may be. One more time. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what kind of greeting this may be. One more time. Because somebody in here is sitting here troubled at the saying. Because <laughs> you're looking at your circumstance and you say, I hear you, but I see where I find myself. How can you call that favor? <laughs> 
I, I hear you, preacher. I hear you, God, but you don't understand my rent is due. How can you call that favor? You don't understand that, that my husband or my wife is about to leave me and, and I'm not getting any child support. How can you call that favor? You don't understand I've been out of work for a long time. You don't understand I am terminally ill. You don't understand I'm going through some catastrophes and calamities in life. How can you call that favor? So I hear what you're saying, but I'm greatly troubled at the greeting. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this may be. And I'm trying hard not to get ahead of myself. She was not afraid of the fact that out of nowhere, an angel shows up and is talking to her. That didn't bother her, the text says. Are you with me? She might have jumped for a little while, but the text says she wasn't scared. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she wasn't nervous of the fact that that was an angel she was more caught up in the fact that, what, what, what did you just say? I am highly favored? I, I, don't, I don't understand what do you mean I'm highly favored. And, and you see, for those of us that's been in church a long time, we can appreciate that a little bit because if you lock into biblical texts, the Holy Spirit had not yet come, I'm going to let this go in a little while, and landed on people. For, so for you to say to me, I have a gift from God, I'm going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Because God only gifts the priests and only the Levitical tribe and the Aaronic priesthood. They're the only people that have access to God. Now you're trying to tell me that God knows me by name? What? It, do you? And, and let, let me hurry past this because I want to land a little while. It says here, and the angel said to her, don't, don't, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found, watch the word again, favor with God, grace. God has graced you, Mary. He has given you a unique purpose. And it says here, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And then listen to the text. So, so let, let me go here. And you will call his name Jesus, he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, of his kingdom it says, there will be no end. Let me pause before I read the next verse. Here's what the angel is doing. He's releasing a word of prophecy over Mary's life that Mary prophecy is about to be released in you. This Christ child that has been promised for many, many years, for generations on end, God is now about to release him into the earth realm. Now notice this. Number one, she wasn't afraid of the angel. And number two, she didn't even question the word that was released over her life. Because she had expectation. She was Jewish. The Messiah was going to come. She was probably honored and humbled at the fact that the Messiah was being prophesied that he would be birthed in her. But her circumstance was creating a problem. Look at the phrase. How you expect to do that? Verse 34. 
Because look at this. I ain't never slept with a man yet. That's what that says in a literal sense. I am a virgin. Depending on your translation, if it's King James, I do not know a man. The word know sexual, has sexual nuance. I have not been intimate with a person as of yet. So how is this going to happen? Her circumstance was dictating to her the reality of God's favor in her life. Now, people, I need to lay here for a while because somebody has not yet given birth to the child because of your circumstance. Somebody has not yet realized their God-ordained purpose because of your circumstance. Somebody has not been released to do what God created you to do yet because of your circumstance. Are you hearing me? It's, it's not that you don't hear God. It's not that you're not dreaming about the thing. It's not that you don't have the business plan written out. It's not that you, ha you, you haven't gone to school to do it. It's not that you don't know what to do or you want to do what you want to do, but you look at your circumstance and you've concluded that God cannot do it through me because of the circumstance. this and I'll move on. I, I met a young man the other day. man came far, far away from overseas to the United States. Had a dream to come to the United States, came to the United States, and no money in his pocket, no place to live. Don't know how he's going to make it. But he had a word from the Lord, a dream from God, and he concluded my circumstance is not going to dictate to me the reality of the favor of God. And so hear me out. In spite of what it looked like, hear me say this, he started walking it out. Oh, come on, I need two amens right here. In spite of what it looked like, he started Walking it out. And the reason a lot of us have not begun yet is because we're waiting for a certain something for us to take the first step. Last I check, and I think we just finished this series about Finish Strong, Hebrews 11.1 1 still says faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, are you waiting? So if you're waiting to see it to walk. That, that's not, I wish I had somebody here. And then I think verse 6 of that same chapter of the 11th uh, chapter of the book of Hebrews still says, without faith, faith, it is what? Impossible to what? So while you waiting for it to show up, God's standing like this, you ain't pleasing me. I can't hope in heaven to release nothing because you refuse to take, I wish I had somebody. So, so here's the thing, lock into this. So we find ourselves deadlocked with God. Waiting for him to do, and he's waiting for you to step. <laughs> she was troubled at the angel. She wasn't even troubled at the word. She was just troubled at how are you going to do this? That's the thing that got her. Me? Favorite? I'm 13. 
15 worst case. Come on, man. And, 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 and she probably wanted to say to the angel, have you read the Bible yet? Because if you would have read the Bible, you'd find out that the only somebodies whose wombs that God had opened up were folk that were already married. I checked from Genesis all the way up until Luke, Gabriel, and there was no virgin up in there, up in there, up in there that got pregnant. So where are you coming from with this word? How is this? <laughs> Say this, encourage it. Say self, don't allow circumstances to dictate the favor of God in my life. Are you hearing me? Go to the next slide. So watch this. Listen to this. The power needed to implement God's favor in your life does not come from you. It comes from where? Voila. Okay, look at the text. Verse 33. The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will do what? Come upon you and the power of the Most High will do what? Over, do what? Shadow you. And look into this. Therefore, the child, and watch the future tense of the verb, to be born, will be called the Son of God. And then here's a testimony in case you're trying to check this out. Behold, your relative Elizabeth, it says, in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now look at verse 37. For nothing, and I love the future sense of this verb, will be what? Impossible what? Are you seeing that? Now notice the text does not say, for nothing present tense is impossible with God. Please notice it doesn't say that. It says nothing will be impossible with God. Let me help you stand and lock into this. I can stand there all day long, and truth is nothing is impossible with God. But here's what will be will happen. The moment I take the first step into my future, I run into the will be. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. Yeah, 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 you kind of get what I'm saying. So for me to walk into my destiny and to walk in what God has in store for me, I've got to begin to walk it out. So notice what he says to Mary. Here's how it's going to happen, Mary. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Now the reason this is important information, here's Mary's dilemma. At the time of the announcement... There was no such thing as the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Y'all know this. Come on. Matter of fact, between Malachi and Matthew, there's been 400 years of silence, and God hadn't done nothing for four. I wish I had somebody in here for 400 years. He hadn't spoken to nobody. He hadn't moved on nobody. He hasn't done anything. So, so what is this Holy Spirit thing that you're talking about? I heard about that with David and them, and I heard about it in the Old Testament, but the way I heard it is he would land, and he would leap, and you trying to tell me that now I'm not even the Aaronic priesthood or, or tri tribe of Levi and this same Holy Spirit is going to come on me? That's what was troubling. People, here's the good news. Today, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and land. Yeah, y'all get it, y'all get it, y'all get it. <laughs> you get it, you get it. If you've accepted Christ, 
as Lord and Savior, he lives. Wow. You are a walking, breathing example of what favor is. Don't look at your circumstance and allow that to dictate favor. Don't look at your present. Are you hearing me this morning? And allow that to dictate favor. God's gift, God's grace, God's mercy, God's calling, God's anointing on your life to do what he wants done through you. Are you hearing me this morning? Here's what it says. The, the, the angel said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High is going to do what? Overshadow. Let me tell you about that word overshadow. Acts and puts it this way. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And listen to the next phrase. And you will be martyrs, witnesses. Martyrs is the Greek word. You'll be willing to give your life for the thing that God created you to do. So here's what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room, right? They started walking it out. They started speaking. They started preaching. They started going to places they hadn't gone before. Y'all not hearing me. They started to plant churches. They started to do things. So if you come to church all you want and get filled with the Spirit and leave and do nothing and say, I'm still waiting for my season of favor. Oh, I wish we had some people that knew who they were in Christ. Walk it out, 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 walk it out. Let me put a parenthetic here. Don't make the mistake of equating favor with gifting. I need to say this. Because somebody's looking at a gifted person, and because the gifted person don't understand what favor is, they're going around talking about, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you just got gifting. And your gifting allows you to work a dollar really well. And you can take one dollar and make 20 out of it. I don't have that gift. My gifting is I make a dollar, I spend it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I'm not favored. Are, you kind of get what I'm saying? Because that's the mistake we make. We, we come with stuff. We come with whatever we can sing. And, oh, she just favored. Well, I'm favored too. I just don't have that gift. Can we, can we talk about this guy? Are you with me? Well, that one sure enough can pray well. And she must be favored because she can pray. Well, that's fine. I'm favored too. I just don't have that gift. All of us are not leaders. Are you hearing me? But we're all favored by God. Is this making sense, guys? I want you to hear me say this, okay? So, so lock into this. The power needed to implement the favor of God in your life, it doesn't come from you. It comes from the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and enables us to be who God would have us to be. All right? Now, last thing, and then I'm going to stop and we're going to pick this up. On Christmas Sunday, got a very, very brief word to you, okay? Now, look at verse, th verse 37. Nothing will be impossible with God. Look at verse 38. Here's what Mary said. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, Yahweh. Let it be to me 
according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Here's what she said. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Here's what she says. Okay. I was concerned about how you're going to do this. And that had me troubled. But now that you told me what God's going to do, if she was in the hood, let's do this then. <laughs> That's what she's saying, right? Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, let this child come. Let's walk this thing out. Because I know nothing will be impossible with God. Here's the fourth thing I came to share with you, and now we're going to stop. Put the last thing on the screen. God does not show us favor so we can be eternally pregnant. At some point, you, the birth must occur. <laughs> Let that speak for itself. A lot of us have been pregnant for 10 years. Got a grown child up in you. <laughs> Won't release the child or give birth to the thing that God has deposited in you because of circumstance, because of situation, because of whatever. Are you hearing me? Last story that I'm going to end. Those of you that have been with ministry, in ministry with us for a while, we had a musical couple that was part of our ministry named Rudy and Shami Royston. Some of you all might remember them. I remember one Sunday morning preaching a message just like this, very similar. Similar type message. And Rudy came to me after church and he said, Pastor, um, let me paraphrase what he said. I'm going to paraphrase it for the context of the message. I am not going to go to heaven eternally pregnant. I'm going to give birth to this thing that God has called me to do. And Rudy said, I'm going to work tomorrow, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to move. Uh, my wife and I both, they were prominent school teachers doing well, going to move to New Jersey, and we're going to obey God. And I'm a preacher. I'm like, nervous. You sure? You <laughs> I don't want to be held responsible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. I want you all to hear me say this. Rudy packed up and left. And when I say to you, they hit their destination and blew up. I'm, I'm using light words. That because they made an intentional step to walk out the thing that was deposited in them, and they didn't allow the circumstance, no money, no nothing. God said, it's time. I'm in God's favor. Let me do it. God has blessed them tremendously as it relates to the area of calling. Katani and I, Rudy, he tours all over the world. His wife tours all over the t world. They were in town at Dazzles, I think it was last week. And Katani and I went down and um, saw Rudy and just gave him a big hug. And Rudy said to me, thanks for the message. He still says this every time he sees me. And we might be in New Jersey, wherever we are, because the guy's all over the place. He just always says to me, thanks for the message. And here's Rudy in his context. He's a musician, jazz guy, always has a song dedicated to God. 
regardless of where he finds himself. Because he realizes, I'm walking in the favor <laughs> of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Church, come on worship team, come on Katani. I want us to know that as we approach this Christmas season, don't allow your circumstance, don't allow your situation dictate to you the favor of God. Release the favor. Whatever it is that God has deposited and planted in you, release that so that God may be glorified in that. Bow your heads with me. I just want to take a moment of prayer just to allow God to be God in our midst. Then Pastor Katani is going to come and just spend some time ministering to us. Now here is my prayer this morning. And, and please, I'm not telling anybody just to say, well, preacher said, and you go quit your job, don't do that. Let the angel visit you. But here's what I do want you to do. If God is saying to you, there's been some things deposited in you that I want released, don't be afraid. Allow God to be God this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you, Lord, to be God in our lives. We invite you, God, just to manifest yourself mightily in our midst. You are great God, Lord. You're mighty Lord. And you've released your Holy Spirit in John 14 that says you're going to be with us, but you're also going to be in us. So the Spirit dwells within us, God, so he empowers us for service. So thank you for your word, Lord. So I'm praying if there be one here today that do not know you as Lord and Savior, that don't know you in the pardon of their sins, that God, you would draw them to our relationship with you. Enable them to be all that you would have them to be, God. Bring them to a place where they know you and they can say yes to you. So thank you for your word. We give our hearts to you. We give our time to you. We bless you. We worship and we adore you, God, in your name.